You're listening to the second season of The Study Podcast with Dr. Paul Wegner on Genesis. I'm your host, Tyler Sanders. I'm here with Dr. Paul Wegner. He's going to tell us the Hebrew word of the day, which is a bit of a spoiler because it's also the subject of this podcast. <laughs> well, it's one of the subjects. One of the, of the subjects. Yeah, because yeah, there's so many in this one. Um, our Hebrew word of the day is Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And so it means, well, uh, it, it's in Genesis 6-1, and it right starts off, the Nephilim were in the world or were in the land in at that time. Mm. So that's how it starts. And so you've got to figure out, okay, what? What's going on here? So let me just read 6-4 so that you know, because I sometimes think we know, or we think we know what this passage says, but I think it's a surprise sometimes. So this one, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. So notice it says that the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. It doesn't say that that the the offspring. Yeah. 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 So I I think most people just automatically think they're the offspring, but that's not what it says. Yeah. Okay. And then those were the mighty men uh, who were of old, the men of renown. I think think that those is referring to the children that were born to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happening. These sons of God and daughters of men are, are having children, and those are what are the called mighty the mighty men, the men of old. And men really, Nephilim, <clears throat> yeah. excuse me, yeah. Nephilim, that... It, you, what you're saying in this verse, basically, is that it's just kind of telling you when this is happening. Yeah, and, and I'll try afterwards, I'll try to explain why it would say that. So let's let's first okay. try to figure out what the word means. And yeah, then, that's um, good. You know how we've always done this. Is this is going to be a long Hebrew word of the yeah. day section, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, it occurs only two times, so you know okay. that we always want to see where else yeah, the it other occurs. Context, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's in Numbers uh, chapter uh, 13, verses 22 and 23, okay? It, I, I did uh, 32 so you'd get the context mm-hmm. of what it was. Uh, so they gave the sons of Israel a bad report. Uh, remember, they were spying out the land, and, yeah. uh, okay, of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which you, we have gone uh, and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw were men of great size. So that's a hint, all right? Mm-hmm. They were also, there we also saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak were part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we, we were in their sight. Mm-hmm. So the hint is, is definitely suggests that these people are larger and that yeah. um, we felt like grasshoppers in our sight. And there's one more hint. When it says that the sons of Anak, in Hebrew, the word Anak means a neck, you know, like, oh. like our neck. Um, yeah. uh, like, so I'm, I'm assuming what that means is that they're a head and a neck taller than most people. Hmm. So when it says the sons of Anak were part of the Nephilim, that would actually fit into that context really, really well. Yeah. So the Anak were tall people and these fit with them. Yeah. So, so our context is already suggesting these guys are big and stuff like that. Yeah. I've, I, I put this picture in just so you you know they're not rock people like yeah. the, the Noah's. Yeah. So movie. this is this is an image from Noah. <laughs> yeah. The movie Noah, uh, which I think Scott Ridley, Ridley Scott, which, sorry, Ridley yeah. Scott's movie, well, and it's a monstrous. Yeah. The, the thing he got right probably is that how tall they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So now let's go back. So Nephilim. Uh, notice I tried to highlight in white the the roots. And it, and yeah. it me and I think it comes from the word to fall. 
Okay. And it could mean fallen ones or corrupt ones. Hmm. And I think that would actually fit this. Or it could mean to fall on somebody. I doubt that it means hmm. they're just clumsy. Okay, yeah, so I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure it's not that. Yeah, yeah. But if they ca- they go around and fall on other people to beat them up or steal their stuff, oh, I, see. I think that's what it's getting at. And yeah. then that would mean fallen ones, these are corrupt, mm-hmm. so they're robbers or something like that. Yeah. And I think that would make sense. So I, I think they fall on people to harm them, so they are mean people or robbers or something mm-hmm. like that. And these people around were before the flood and after the flood. Okay. So it sounds like to me, if they're a a kind of a people, you know, I mean, um, um, not, not that they're a, a race of people, but they're more, um, morally kind of people of a oh. corrupt group. Yeah. yeah then yeah. it would make sense that well, they were before the flood and after the flood. Yeah, so yeah. what that means is the flood didn't totally do away with these corrupt people. And that would make right. sense because we have a sin nature, mm-hmm. the sin nature comes back. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always, I've always told my students, you know, if, if I was really tall and I was really mean, why would I why would I keep working if I've got little people around me that I could say, here, you do this, or if you've got something I want, I'm just gonna take it. Yeah. You know, if so if you're a corrupt big person, why are you gonna, you know, not fall on other people and steal their stuff? Right. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it says. Now it came about when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. Because remember, this is the context of Genesis 6 yeah. and where everything's coming from. Yeah. Um, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. All right. I'll come back to that, but let's go to okay. this. What I wanted to show is that in chapter four, right ahead of this, and in chapter five, right ahead of this, Mm -hmm. we've got two genealogies. Okay. The one is of Cain, and it goes down, gets to Lamech, and right right at Lamech, remember Lamech was that one that says, um, and he killed somebody for harming him and and, and wounding, and a a boy for wounding him or something like that. So it makes it sound like he's really mean, and it, like, he's doing stuff he's not supposed to. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't, it's hard to know exactly what that's getting at. I, I can't yeah, yeah. tell if it's a boast or if it's talking oh, about I how see. mean right, he right. is. Yeah. Right. Um, but then on, on Seth's line, right in the heart of that, you've got Enoch, yeah. this man that walks with God and he yeah. was not for God took him. So my understanding is that in this context, then we got the fifth five, genealogy yeah. mm-hmm. or the genealogy five um, for Seth. It talks about them having other sons and daughters, mm-hmm. which suggests to me it's multiplying. And, and you know, it, that, it's funny. It wasn't said in Cain's line that right. they had the other sons and daughters. It, it just kind of goes through it. And then uh, the second thing is they also, uh, it says they lived a certain amount of years then they had children, and then they lived a few, you know, yeah. more years. Uh, so the idea is that they seem to have lived longer, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't actually tell you that for sure. It like, suggests that anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then it goes into uh, men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's it would make sense, especially after that genealogy in chapter five, that it would then start talking like what it says in chapter six. Yeah. So does that make sense? So I, yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. trying to do is show that there's a flow in the passage itself that kind of suggests that this is building upon what came before. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Okay, so so now we've got sons of God and daughters of men. Um, 
there's a there's going to be several views on that, so we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, uh, it says they took wives from themselves from whomever they chose. You know that word for they took wives? That's the normal Hebrew word that means to get married. Hmm. So I can't. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, right. As far as I can tell, they did it the normal way, marrying people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't have like some kind of implication of as far yeah like stealing yeah, them or anything right, like that right, right. as far as I could tell, uh, but then the next one whomever they chose that might be the key mm. because remember we just got through Cain's genealogy uh-huh. then Seth's genealogy and now they're multiplying and they're starting to take uh, brides yeah. from whomever they chose, which suggests that the the lines are starting to mix mm. and I think that's what's the key in this one is what's going on. We've got uh, Cain's line, which was the corrupt, you know, you, you already right. know that Lamech was in it. Right. And then Enoch is in Seth's line. Mm-hmm. So so it seems like to me we've we've already got a structure created that suggests we've got a, a problem here of these mixing together. Yeah, specifically these two lines. Yeah. yeah. And then now look at verse 3. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not strive with man forever because he is flesh. Nevertheless, his days will be 120 years. So it sounds like God's having to limit their length because of the corruption that's mm. there. So I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Then the next verse says, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. So it, it in this context, it sounds like, okay, it's so corrupt that God's having to limit their life, mm-hmm. and the Nephilim are around at that time yeah. beyond all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Uh, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore children to them, okay? They were the mighty men, the men of old, men of renown. But then look at verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continued. I've often told my students, I can't believe, verse 5 is really, yeah. they've they've heaped up phrases to let you know just how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the worst you could could say it. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, to, to, to let them know how bad it was. Yeah. And then verse 6, and the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So it seems like our context is suggesting we've got a problem here. Yeah. And let's see if now let's see if we can fix it. All right. So here's here's the issues we've got. Um, chapter six basically is talking about how corrupt mankind is. Mm-hmm. So God decides to send the flood to yeah. destroy them. Okay. But even in the judgment, God is gracious in that he saves Noah yeah. so that we've got people to continue afterwards. So there's several questions. Who are the sons of God and daughters of men? And these are our options. Uh-huh. They're angels versus humans. That's been a long traditional yeah, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sethites versus, versus Cainites. That's uh-huh. the one I think it is. I think it, the genealogy suggests yeah, that's that. that's the split, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rulers and commoners. Um, that. Uh, hmm. That one, um, later on, you're going to see that rulers um, uh, are, are, can also be corrupt and they can take yeah. um, whomever they want and stuff like that. So it's possible, if, if I didn't go with Sethites Canite, and Canites, I probably would go with this one, yeah. that the rulers are more corrupt and what's happening is they're taking whoever they want yeah. and then now it's real corruption is on right. the earth. So right. that's possible. And then somebody has uh, argued that's just a continuation from chapter 5. Hmm. I don't really think that one makes much sense. It is a continuation from 5, yeah. but it's still telling us something's wrong and there's a, a corruption coming in. Yeah. So I don't think that really just that continuation doesn't... I think it's right. I just don't think it answers any of our questions. Right, right. So, okay, so what is their sin? Uh, took wives from whoever they chose is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, men's days would be 120 years. That's another thing that we need to talk about. Yeah. Who are the Nephilim? 
And we'll want to talk about that. Yeah, of course. And yeah. the wickedness was so great that God was sorry that he made man. Yeah. So let's 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 get the easy one out of the way first. Okay. Um, I think the uh, this idea of them coming together and now they're going to only live for 120 mm-hmm. years. Um, some people have argued that it's a shortened life span, that God now limits their life to 120 years. Yeah. The problem with that is that... Uh, there's no doubt that people start living shorter after the flood, uh-huh. but 120 years does not appear to be a normal lifespan. Right. Uh, you know, pre-flood, it's uh, Shem lives 600 years. Uh-huh. Post-flood, Terah lives 205. Mm. Okay, so that it's definitely reduced. Yeah. But I, I can't find many people that 120 years becomes like the standard. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to fit. So so what I actually argue, it's 120 years to the flood. Mm. And I'll, I'll try to explain that. Um, uh, the flood is going to be where God punishes mankind and stuff like that. Yeah. So the problem is if you compare Genesis uh, um, 532 uh, with 7-6, it appears to be only 100 years before the flood. Hmm. So, you know, because those passages he, in his 500 years, it, it talked about in the uh, in right. chapter five, but then in his six year, six hundred years, the flood comes. Yeah. So that's not 120 years either. So right. what's going on? Yeah. I'm going to argue that I think it's out of chronological order. Okay. I'm going to show you a place where the I know it's out of chronological order. Yeah. And maybe what happened is they wanted to get that idea of the corruption and all that in uh-huh. to put it with the flood, so they left that in there. Yeah. L- let me explain. Um, in chapter 10, you've got uh, uh, talking about in Genesis uh, 10 five. Mm-hmm. It says, and they, you know, they were divided between uh, the languages yeah. and the tribes and all that. And then, it, it, but, but chapter ten is actually before chapter eleven, where the Tower of Babel explains yeah, yeah. the languages coming. Yeah. Out. So yeah. it sounds like we have languages b- divided before we even have it in chapter eleven. Yeah. And then uh, tw- uh, verse twenty and thirty-one both say the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. su- suggesting we have different languages. Before chapter eleven, yeah. So it seems like what's happening there is that the the flood, or I mean the Tower of Babel, probably happened sometime in uh, during the time of chapter ten. Yeah. But but they didn't want to break it up, so they kept ten together, which usually is called the yeah. Table of Nations. Yeah. So they keep that together and then have the uh, thing that would have fit somewhere in there yeah. after it. Like so the, the event kind the, of. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's true, I don't see any problem with doing that with the flood too. They right. wanted to get that uh, the reason for the flood and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and so it it could have happened earlier. Yeah. But it's you know it makes it look like it's uh, hundred years rather than yeah. hundred and ten years. Yeah. Or twenty years. Hundred twenty. Yeah. yeah. So does that make sense? So I think so. so, so yeah, yeah. It, there's other places that are probably out of chronological order, but these sure, ones, yeah, yeah. I think, are real clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, I think that's a good example in yeah uh, ten and eleven for sure. Yeah. So I think that then probably answers the 120 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, the sons of God and daughters of men. Now that's the harder one, I think. Um, yeah. The, I've, I made a chart. So yeah, we you got see. four options. Here. Yeah. So the fallen angels and mortals, uh, sons uh-huh. of God are the fallen angels, and the daughters of men are mortals. Offense was mixing of supernatural and mortal. Okay. Why don't we talk about that first? Yeah. Um, sons of God normally refer to angels, mm. um, and you've got passages there that suggest that. And then in the New Testament, you've got Jude that seems to suggest that. Um, let's let's go to Jude. Uh, it's in chapter... Oh, well, remember, it's only got one chapter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start at five so we get a context. Yeah. All, right? All right, so five says, 
now I desire to remind you, uh, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels who did not keep their own uh, domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the uh, judgment of great day. Just as Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh and exhibited an example of undergoing punishment of eternal fire. Okay. So, so if you put those together, it makes yeah. it sound like the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was the same sin right. that they had with the 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 ones when uh, you know talking about these um, yeah them abandoned their proper abodes, yeah they're the where they're supposed to be yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually arguing that instead of mixing them, you should see these as two examples. Okay. The first example is where uh, the angels uh, didn't stay in their own abode, mm-hmm. and then the second one is Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. So it's talking about corrupt things that happened. Yeah. But I don't even think that we have to say that the angels, when the angels fell, there was a time that they fell, mm-hmm. but that's not ever mentioned, I don't think, in the biblical text itself. Mm. I think the angels fell before creation ever started. Mm. So if, if, if this is Take, talking about that time when the angels fell, yeah, and then the second one was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. So these are two it's two t- examples. Yeah, two different corrupt times. Yeah, but separated by a lot of years and not even right. the same exact kind of sin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think that's in his example is uh, God punishing wickedness. Mm-hmm. You know, because he talked about them coming out of Egypt and and destroying the wicked people. Yeah. So in context, having two other examples mm. of that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's that's what I think that Jude uh, two and three, uh, the first Peter passage that that one's a tough one too. But let let me take you to that. Yeah. All right. So First Peter, chapter three, and we're at verse uh, nineteen and twenty. All right. I'll, I'll start at eighteen again. For Christ also died once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Okay, so so it sounds like Jesus dies. So mm-hmm. it's talking about, I think, the cross. Yeah. Jesus died, but then he was made alive in the spirit. So mm-hmm. he really didn't die. He, he yeah, yeah. you know, he came back. Okay. In which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Mm -hmm. So I think what he's doing, I I, I think this is um, the context is, is when Jesus died on the cross, there was a, that there was something I, I've always argued that what that is is he goes down to a place called Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember Luke 16, Luke 16 has Abraham's bosom on one side, yeah. and you've got um, the wicked on the other side. Um, uh, the rich man is on that side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. called Hades. Yeah, the rich man and Lazarus yeah. story, right? Right. Yeah, the separation, my, but they can see each other. Yeah. yeah. So my understanding is what happened is that when Jesus died on the cross all those in Abraham's bosom could actually take off because now he's made the way mm. for them to now go to, go to heaven. Uh-huh. Um, and that fits that passage where Jesus says to the man on the cross, uh, today you'll be me, with me in paradise. Mm. So I think that's what he's talking about. I think that's new. I don't think they could have gone to paradise 
before Jesus dies on the yeah, cross. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that would have been something, and that helps confirm that when Jesus died, that's what happened. Yeah. Okay. So I think what Jesus does is he goes down to the other side when he when he dies yeah. and makes a proclamation to them that they are not going to leave and go to heaven right. because they were wicked in this life. Because yeah. it, it gave the example of the people like in Noah's day. Yeah. And remember, the people in Noah's day were all wicked and stuff. Yeah. That. So they're going to continue and stay in that place of Hades yeah. until... The, the last days when they'll be cast in the lake of fire. All right. So I think that proclamation that he's making, and, and um, it's the it's the same word that's used for the euangelion, the the good oh, news. Yeah, yeah. But in Peter, it never means the good news. It, it means a proclamation. Hmm. So I think he, you know because remember, if if they could see what was ha- you know if Luke sixteen right. is right, they can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So when they saw him take off. They might have thought, "Oh, wait, good. One of these days, we'll get out of this too." And I think he had to tell them, "No, you've right. you've rejected me in this life. You're going to stay there." Yeah. So I think I think that that's what that passage is talking about, and yeah. it, it talks about in the days of Noah. But I think it's for a different reason. Right. Right. There's one more passage that they often go to, and that's Second Peter, chapter two, verse four. And again, I think this ha- you, you have to understand this way the same way you understand Jude, multiple uh, mm-hmm. um, illustrations. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me start at verse 3. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment... So that's the first illustration, and mm-hmm. I understand that to have happened uh, when the rebellion, when Satan rebelled against um, God yeah. and took some angels with him, that that's that time before creation ever happened. Yeah. Then the second one, and he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others whom he brought uh, when he brought the flood of world on the ungodly. So once again, it's 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 mm-hmm. not meaning these are the same time periods. Yeah, yeah. It's just saying it's a second example. Yeah. And then the third example is in verse six. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction, per, uh, reducing them to ashes, having uh, made them an example to those who live ungodly lives thereafter. Mm-hmm. So I think what you've got there are three examples of different times when God punished the wicked in the world. It's interesting to see this with Jude. This yeah. list of three yeah, makes yeah. it a little bit more clear, kind of like that yeah. it would be three yeah. I get, separate you I know, agree. Instances. I think this one is a little clearer than the Jude one, but, yeah. but I but think it's helpful. But it's helpful that it's similar. Yeah. You know, this, it, I mean, they both are referencing Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And even Noah, I think. Uh, I yeah, think, and yeah. Noah too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so that's how I understand that. Now, what I do admit is that First Enoch six mm-hmm. through eleven that does suggest that this is talking about sons of God and daughters of men, hmm. um, and that the sons of God are angels. Yeah. But I don't. It remember it's apocryphal work, so I don't yeah. think. I, I think that's probably how some Jews understood it. Sure, I just yeah, not yeah. sure it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's problems with that. Uh, why would men be punished for something the angels did? See, the fl- the flood seems to be mm. what God is sending on the earth, and if this is the sons of God and daughters of men, it's angels interacting with mankind. Yeah. So why, you know, I'm assuming that an angel has more power than a than a normal human being. So I guess they could even force them right. to marry him or have sex with him. 
well, if that's true, why would the mankind be punished for something the angels did? Yeah. So it just seems wrong to me. <laughs> well, and in chapter three, we see punishment for all the parties involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's specific. Yeah. You know. And it's because of what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then there's no evidence that angels can intermarry with humans. In fact, mm. Jesus actually says that in heaven, they don't intermarry. Mm. Remember, uh, he was talking to the, Fer- uh, the Sadducees, and, mm. and he says, oh, you've got, you don't understand scripture or the power of God. It was that illustration where there's, there's seven uh, men had one wife, oh, yeah, and they yeah, all yeah. died. Who are you married to in heaven, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he says, well, you don't understand uh, the scriptures or the power of God. Yeah. So, so it seems like to me... And, and and he actually even says their uh, angels aren't like men uh, on the earth. They don't give yeah. and take in marriage. Yeah, yeah. So it would seem like to me that now that's in heaven, and I understand that. And yeah. this is on earth, so it might be a little different. There could but... be a change that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's that. Okay, view. that's that's number one. Yeah. Number two. Number two is the godly line versus ungodly line. So okay, we so have that's the, the Seth and Cain. and Cain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the godly, the sons of God are the godly line of Seth. The daughters of men are the ungodly line of Cain. Offense was mixing of godly and ungodly lines. Mm-hmm. Now, that would actually fit that. Uh, and they took wives from whomever they chose. Remember that phrase? Yeah. So yeah. that would fit that. Um, context suggests this if you're reading chapter 4 and then 5. Yeah, you get these two genealogies. Yeah, and then and you go into 6. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So that does make some sense. Mm-hmm. Um Noah is said to be whole, uh, alone to be holy, and thus sets out the peer to be corrupted by the Canaanites. Okay. Or Canaanites. Uh-huh. Or Canaanites, uh, sorry. Canaanites, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that actually does make some sense, too. Um, the, by that time, the intermixing was so strong that you hadn't very few uh, righteous yeah. people at all. Yeah. Okay? Um, only men are punished in the flood, not angels. So that seems like to me, we've talked about that in the other uh, uh, mm-hmm. views, but it seems like to me that makes sense now. The men are being punished because of what they did. Right. Okay? Um, problems with it, the term son of God, uh, sons of God does not mean this in other places. Usually when it talks about sons mm. of God, it's talking about angels. And, yeah. I, and I admit that. Yeah. Now, this is the first time it ever occurs, and... Usually you read a, a passage in context, you know, you yeah. read how words mean in context. Mm-hmm. So it seems like to me, sons of God would have made sense at, right after the Sethite line. Yeah, yeah. So I think that makes sense anyway. And then no evidence that lines were totally separate, you know, like mm. the, that they were separate and then now they start mixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, on that one, I don't know that it has to be a total mixing, even if it's enough that are, they're so wicked that there's very few righteous people. Yeah. That would be enough, I would yeah. think. And, okay. and, and actually, we know that by the flood time, you've got an awful lot of corruption, and yeah. and the only ones that are said to be righteous are Noah and his family. That's true, yeah. So, so it seems like that's pretty good evidence. All right, then the, number three. Okay. All right. Dynastic rulers and commoners. So mm-hmm. the sons of God are the dynastic rulers. The daughters of men are the commoners. The offense was polygamy and uncontrolled power. Mm. So that them coming together yeah, yeah. Uh, and enforcing uh, them to have. So you've got places that refer to rulers or judges as gods. Hmm. Now, when you look at those passages, I'm not convinced that they're right. That's why I don't go this route. Okay. Um, we could actually you look, look at, at one. You want to look at one? Exodus 21.6. I feel more comfortable. I'm back in the Old Testament now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's, here's what it's talking about. In 5 it says, 
But if the slave uh, uh, plainly says, I love my master and my wife and my children, and I do not want to go out as a free man, then his master shall take him to God, is what the liberal Hebrew yeah. is. Uh, and he shall bring him to the doorpost, and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl. That's like a, a pointed thing, mm. and it's a, a tool used to make a, a hole or a, oh, okay. a widen a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he shall serve him permanently. Uh-huh. So it's talking about if a person wants to be an endangered servant and they can do it forever, yeah. and the, per- the person will own him, a, a, a slave can make that choice. Yeah. But it says uh, to take him to Elohim. That's that's what it is. And some people mm-hmm. have said that Elohim would be judges in that case. And it seems like to me it makes more sense that he takes them to God. Yeah. Because and here's why I say that. Notice notice it takes him to the doorpost, and it sounds like it's the doorpost of the temple. So it's, it sounds mm. like it's already in the context of a priest yeah. doing this in the temple. Um, but I also think. It's only God that can actually... I assume the reason for this is so that a person isn't forced to become an indentured servant forever. Um, That if you take him to God and the master is forcing him to do it, then God will be the one that punishes because God would know. So I actually think it makes more sense to have this Elohim be God rather than the judges. And, And all of them have that, except... A similar kind of thing. Yeah, there is one... Can you go to Psalm 82? Yeah. That one is that one is different. <laughs> okay, so Psalm 82 says, and God takes his, own, his stand in his own congregation. He judges in the midst of the rulers. Mm. So the context seemed to be God overarching where all the rulers are, and he's the, yeah. the sovereign of all them. Yeah. Now look at verse 6. I said, you are gods, and all of you are the sons of the Most High. Do you remember? Wow. Yeah. So so it's using the word Elohim, and he even says sons of the Most High, yeah. in the sense that my understanding is that God is over everyone. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, he is responsible for them, and they're his sons. Yeah. Um, so that's how I understand that. So remember, um, they they tried to get Jesus on this. Remember, Jesus mm. said, you know, they ask him, "Do you claim to be the Son of God?" And he says, right. "Well," and he quotes this Psalm and says, yeah, yeah. "Well, look, we're all sons of God." Right. And in that sense, I think we could say that they're all sons yeah, of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's I, I think that that in that passage, you do have Elohim being used. Yeah, yeah. As a uh, uh, somebody who's related to God and something like that, right? Uh, his offspring, but it does seem a fairly specific context. It, it, yeah, and know? that and and that one was pretty cl- clear yeah. that he's talking about his sovereignty over the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. All right. So in the ancient Near East, kings were sometimes thought to be divine. Now, oh sure, you've got uh, now pharaohs were only divine after they died. So it, oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't before oh, they died. And then um, in other places, it, it's not as common as we might think, huh. but there are some places that appear to have at least divine qualities, like Gilgamesh is thought to be yeah, half yeah. man and half God. Yeah. So you do have that kind of mixing. Yeah, mixing. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I can live with that. Okay. Um, and then similar to Genesis 12, 10 through 20, um, there, remember, uh, even the Pharaoh uh, mm. takes uh, Sarah to be his wife. Right, right. But if you remember, it was because he thought she didn't have a, a, yeah. a husband. And once he finds out that she does, 
he kicks him out. Yeah. Remember? So so it's not like he was usurping his authority to take her. So that's really not a good yeah. example. Let's get to that in a future episode, actually. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, so here's... That's a fascinating set of stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then... Um, so the our, our problems with it is there's no clear reference to kingship mm. or divine kingship. We'll yeah, say. yeah. And then kings are not generally referred to as divine uh, divinity in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, it does happen. It happens in other culture cultures, but yeah. usually not in the biblical text. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then the last one, I'm not even sure that it's really a strong argument. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if we have to worry about it. But they they argue that the sons of God were men and the daughters of uh, men were women. Okay. Okay. Um, that's kind of like a given. So I'm not sure. And, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it also fits in with my godly line anyway. So, you know, we're the Sethites. Sure. And see, I don't understand. I, I didn't understand how this argument really worked um, because later God wants to punish mankind for the corruptness and all that. So I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, what it adds to our argument is what I'm wondering. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I, I just, Kind of blow that one off because I don't think it adds anything to our the things. Yeah, that I'm not sure it's decided. answering the questions that we're asking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's daughter, sons of God and daughters of men. My understanding it's the godly line versus the ungodly line. Yeah. And I argue that from the context, and I argue for that from what they did wrong. Seems yeah, yeah. to be they just took from whomever they chose, and that the punishment kind of fits. Yeah. Yeah. The crime in a way. Okay. So that's at least my view. <laughs> All right, conclusions. The Hebrew word Nephilim seems to mean one who falls on someone or is fallen yeah. and, uh, or falling ones. And I think that fits our context, um, meaning they're around at the same time as these other corrupt people are. Yeah. All right, people living 120 years seems to be until the flood. So that seems to make some sense there. Yeah. Sons of God, daughters of, and daughters of men in context seems to be Sethites and Cainites. Mm -hmm. And then the Nephilim were not said to be the offspring of the sons of God, but were around at that time. And I think that's actually really important. Yeah. So um, does this make sense? Do I think you, so. So yeah. our Nephilim are giants. I don't have any problem with that. Even during David's time, there were yeah. Goliath and yeah, yeah. people like that. Mm -hmm. So they were tall. Yeah. Um, and even Goliath said to be about nine foot tall. Mm. That's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always thought that if you've got a lot of big people around and they're strong and tough, like like even Goliath, yeah, I can imagine him if he got if when well, I'm sure he could have been corrupt, but if he was. Why would he work? Why he could just go beat people up and steal right. their stuff? Right. It was. It's kind of the oldest form of power in yeah. a way between men. Yeah. I guess it's like you know, I, there's no law supporting you or a state supporting you or a government right. necessarily. It's like whoever's the biggest is going to win in exactly. a fight, and so you yeah. know, even if I don't have to actually fight you, if I'm bigger than you, I can just take. Yeah. Because the threat is. Yeah. You know, death or pain or whatever. Sure. You know what, I, what thing I didn't talk about mm. is that, look what it says. Remember I read verse 7, and the Lord said, I will um, I will blot out... This is in who, chapter 6. Yeah, Genesis I'm sorry. Six. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, and the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land. And uh, and uh, from man to animals to creeping things to bird of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. Okay. Okay. Um, 
it makes you know when when I'm sorry for something, it's because something happens that I didn't know was going to happen, hmm. and so I'm sorry that it happens. When God God can know things are going to happen, and still He, he can be sorry. Hmm. Like, here's my example: hmm. um, when my kids were young, I told them, "Don't speed because you'll get." You know, yeah, yeah. you'll get caught and you have to pay this big fine and yeah. stuff. Now, I, I can still understand that they're probably that's going to happen. Sure. But when it actually happens and they actually have to pay a fine and it actually costs them a lot, yeah. I can still feel sorry for them yeah. in that they actually did what I told them we were going to happen. Yeah. And, and I think that's like with God. God can tell us, mankind, not to do something, yeah. but he knows we're going to do it and he can still yeah. feel hurt when mm-hmm. we do it. Yeah. So I think that's what it, when it, he repents that he or he's sorry that he made man. I think that makes perfect sense. He's sorry that mankind sinned like that, even though he knew it was going to happen. Mm. He can be sorry when they actually do it. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think it's it's showing us that God has emotions. He cares mm. for us, mm. and and he, so he cares about his creation. Yeah. So I think it does make some sense. Yeah. And I, and I don't think we have to argue that God didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah. That's, which is what some people have done. Sure. And I don't think right. You right. Need right. To. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we just covered a lot of stuff. That was a lot. But it's. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because when you started, that's what you kind of said. It was like we're really not only talking about yeah. the Nephilim because to talk about that, you kind of have to break out the other things that yeah. maybe are connected to it um, too strongly, you know, and figure out what those things mean. And then that kind of leaves you space to figure out what Nephilim actually means. Especially the sons of God and daughters of men. Do you see how that's related? If those were fallen angels and if those were the offspring, the the Nephilim were the offspring of them, then it's directly connected. Yeah. But I I don't think that's the way it works. Yeah. That was very helpful. Well, good. I hope uh, I'm not sure what we're covering next time. Yeah, but... I was about to ask you if you had any ideas. <laughs> um, we can go as far as Abraham, but maybe there's something else. I wonder if the flood in. would be worth talking about. Yeah, that could be good. Uh, the idea of universal versus local. Oh, sure. Things yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah, maybe let's look at the flood. Okay. Let's look at the flood next week. All right, let's do it. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.